1: For many years in Detroit, the night before Halloween really did look like something that could have been caused by the devil himself.
2: It was just beyond one's imagination. I remember being out there all night. I mean, we rode around and we could see this, and it was unbelievable. People were tired of the ridicule that was going on.
1: These days, both Devil's and Angel's Night are a thing of the past. And that's a good thing. This is The Daily J. I'm Zach Clark. Here in Detroit, the term Devil's Night, which is the day before Halloween, is a common phrase. Detroit rapper Esham has a song and the rap group D12 have an album, both called Devil's Night. And Devil's Night is featured heavily in the 1994 movie The Crow. But how far back do we have to go to trace the origins of Devil's Night?
0: I grew up in Detroit during the 70s and 80s. And the term and the concept of Devil's Night, as far as I can remember, was always part of my childhood. Now, during my youth, it had always been sort of a day where harmless, relatively speaking, harmless pranks would be carried out. Kids might roam their neighborhood throwing eggs. But certainly in the 1980s, Devil's Night began to take on a more notorious existence. Looting, burning in the 1980s became the norm. October 30th, 1984, the city saw more than 800 fires. And that's, at least to me and my recollection, when Devil's Night became a serious, serious public safety situation in the city.
1: That right there is the voice of Detroit journalist and historian Ken Coleman. Devil's Night of 1984 was the most destructive in the city's history. But after that, Mayor Coleman Young was able to get some control of the city on the night before Halloween. That was at least until he left office at the beginning of 1994.
0: What was unique or notable about 1994 was it was the first year of the administration of former Mayor Dennis Archer. And what I remember about the... Late summer and early fall of that year is Archer becomes the first new mayor after 20 years of Coleman Young's tenure. Frankly, and I think that people who are involved in members of the uh, the Archer administration will probably agree to this or back this up. The administration did not do a good job in terms of recruiting volunteers and its own staff to help combat. The Devil's Night Phenomena.
1: Ken told me that those in the Archer administration would agree with his takeaway. And according to former Detroit Police Chief Ike McKinnon, Ken is correct.
2: When Dennis Archer was elected mayor in 93, took office in 94, when I became chief, because of what they had done in the past, our assumption was that this was not going to be a problem anymore. Well, we were wrong that first year. I, I think that first night of Devil's Night, it was just beyond one's imagination. I remember being out there all night. I mean, we rode around and we could see this. And I think we admitted that, there, boy, it was a mistake we had made. I remember specifically um, on the east side, uh, boy, oh boy, it was near Rashad and Van Dyke and those areas. It, it was unbelievable. And I think specifically we had people who came from throughout the world to just say, look at these crazy people. Our realization was that we had to continue to do what Mayor Young had done initially to uh, get more volunteers to stop uh, this craziness that was going on.
1: To really drive home the point about Devil's Night of 1994, I had to talk to Dennis Archer himself and the former mayor of Detroit was gracious enough to chat with me. For him, Devil's Night of 94 was a black eye.
4: It was traumatic and disappointing. Mayor Young had done such an outstanding job of reducing the fires that occurred on Devil's Night. And everybody was so excited about a change of administration, and a lot of positive things were happening. And we were not as prepared as was Mayor Young. I mean, he had it down to a science. And it was just phenomenal success. Well, that night, I made a trip around the city and I vowed that we would never have that kind of experience again. And we were well prepared for it the following year. The next year, reports say up to 50,000 people
1: volunteered to patrol the streets of Detroit on Devil's Night. The volunteers wore yellow shirts and had flashing yellow lights on top of their cars while residents were encouraged to keep their porch lights on. And thus, Angel's Night was born.
4: As a result of the excitement about the quality of preparation and the number of people that were coming out or volunteering and signed up to volunteer, that after that second Halloween, which would have been in 1995, John George, who was an activist in his community, came by and said, Mr. Mayor, why we keep calling this Devil's Night, we changed a lot of things. Why well, don't we call it Angel Night? I said, I like the idea. And I followed John George's idea. It wasn't mine. It was his. It was his name, his suggestion of a name. And that's what we did. And we kept preparing every year that I was in office. We had more people out each year. And we never had a problem again.
1: Mayor Archer mentioned John George. John is indeed a community activist. He founded Blightbusters, which remains extremely active in the city. What helped stem the tide from Devil's Night into Angel's Night? Former Chief Ike McKinnon told me it was the people of Detroit themselves getting sick of Devil's Night, and that's what really put a stop to it. What was it about that that you think worked so well? And I wonder if part of it was Detroiters were sick of Detroiters ruining Detroit.
2: That's absolutely what it was. You had people who... Were from detroit who volunteered you had people from outside the city who came in and volunteered and in fact i remember specifically in southwest detroit i got some of the gang members who volunteered father doug and and i we met at the saint Anne's church and we got them to sign a peace treaty part of the treaty was that they uh, agreed that they would not have any fires in southwest detroit it was just amazing that you had these gang members who gave of their time they volunteered And there was no fires in southwest Detroit that next year. It was really good to see this. People were tired of the ridicule that was going on, saying that, you know, we got a bunch of crazy people here who are burning up their city, which, in essence, that's what was happening.
1: These days, Devil's Night is a thing of the past, And Angel's Night was so successful, that too is a thing of the past. The city officially ended Angel's Night in 2018, a year that only saw five fires on October 30th. There used to be a website, angelsnight.org. When you go to that website now, it just redirects you into the city's trunk-or-treat program. I mean, Angel's Night and Devil's Night are both things of the past. Now it's just the day before Halloween.
2: And I think this is what we've been hoping for for a long time, and that's exactly what it is. People are not burning up the city anymore. These younger people became adults, and they realized that we can't continue to do this. Parents are much more responsible with those kinds of things. They don't want their homes burned up. I'm telling you, exactly. you were young at the time, but as a police officer, as a chief of police, and certainly uh, when uh, Dennis Archer was mayor, we saw what was going on and the stigma that was associated. As a police chief, I would travel to these conferences with the chiefs from around the world, and they would say, what the heck is going on there? You try to explain it. We wanted to make sure that we stopped this, which we did.
1: I've been thinking a lot about Devils and Angels Night over the last several days as I reported on this story. But most people really don't think about it anymore. And that's a good thing. I mean, shoot, Detroiters have something more important to focus on tonight. I found this to be, I don't know if it's poetic, but the Lions are going to play in downtown tonight. Tonight is devil's night, technically, but people are going to be walking around having a good time. And I just, to me, there's some kind of symbolism there. I don't know what it is, but it just, it feels right.
2: Isn't that ironic? I mean, before, uh, years ago... We would have cars out with the yellow lights flashing and everything to make sure that things were not burning. There were people who would go, they would rent rooms at the top of the Renaissance Center so they could take pictures of this stuff. But now they are here to see the Lions play a football game on this thing. It's absolutely incredible. And, and it's good for all of us.
1: Chief, thank you so much for the time. I really appreciate your insight.
2: Have a great day now. And go, go Lions. Go Lions. <laughs> go Lions <now. laughs>
1: Detroit has a long history of getting a bad rap as a violent city. And in the heyday of Devil's Night, that criticism was certainly warranted. But these days, as Detroit continues to evolve, the fires of October 30th continue to fade into the past. And hopefully, that's where they stay. Today's big thanks go out to Ken Coleman, Ike McKinnon, and Dennis Archer. Check out WWJnewsradio.com for the top local news stories on demand 24-7. Do you want that Daily J delivered right to you? Well, all you have to do is text WWJ to 20357 and you'll get it instantly. Message and data rates may apply. I'm Zach Clark and this is The Daily J.
3: Thanks for listening.